We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over and the celebration begins. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse. Ryan Porthen for David Hall alongside Bruce Levine here on this Saturday morning here in Chicago. What you heard there, of course, Pat Hughes' final call of the 2016 World Series in Game 7 with the Cubs defeating Cleveland. And joining us now is the manager of that team, Joe Madden. Joe, thank you so much for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. And it's so um, wonderful to hear Pat's voice again. And Pat and I got to be really close friends. Of course, he's Hall of Fame there now. Uh, just love to hear that call. Yeah, uh, let's reflect on that. And, and Joe, great to have you on with uh, Ryan and Thanks, myself. Uh, it's a, always a pleasure to have a, a great friend on the show. But uh, just a, a little refre- reflection you mentioned uh Pat, last week going into the Cubs Hall of Fame. What a great honor and what a great man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I heard about it, read about it somewhere. And uh, <clears throat> all I can think about is my conversations with him. Did some commercials with him over at Benny's, too. Um, just an absolute junkie for baseball. He's one of the all-time greats. But I just I just love the company. I love the conversation. I love uh, just hanging out with Pat. Um, he's iconic. Uh, he's, he's just got a, that different way about him, which I guess makes you iconic, but I'm really pleased for him and his family. Joe, uh, we're going to get to your book. The book is called The Book of Joe, Trying Not to Suck at Baseball and Life, along with Perducci, <clears throat> and you can find it on Amazon in a moment here. But uh, what has life been like uh, actually being able to enjoy golf this summer, being able to enjoy the 4th of July with Jay mm-hmm. and other family members and friends? Uh, living up in Pennsylvania, how is uh, how has life been for Joe Madden this summer? The three G's: uh, golfing, gardening, and grilling. I literally almost every day, and, and I think it has occurred every day since I've been home on 
July 1st. There's nothing I, I'm very I maybe biased, but I do believe nothing better than a Pennsylvania summer. I'm getting to enjoy that for the first time. 79 or 80. You know, I was here at, at different times at, at that uh, in those years. And um, just something about it. I live in a valley down here in the Cunningham Valley, right over the hill from Hazleton. And um, it's a gorgeous place. Absolutely gorgeous. And I'm right on the Valley Country Club golf course. So I'm with friends and family, like you suggested all the time. Um, it is, it's, uh, it's really been fun because I haven't done this and I forgot how wonderful it actually is. Joe, the book of Joe, uh, coming out on October 11th, like Bruce said. So Joe, what will people buying this book, uh, what will they, what will they read? What will they take away from when they uh, make this purchase on October 11th, when the book comes out? Well, I talked, you know, Tommy Verducci and I got together and the concept was to compare and contrast uh, managing it from the 1980s to present time, overarching concept. Uh, beyond all that, they really wanted to delve into the madnisms, the different, um, you know, bumps along the way, uh, some successes, a lot of bumps in the road and um, pretty much how it got me to the point that I arrived. Um, so it's, it's a lot of that uh, uh, little stories here and there. But Tommy does such wonderful research. Um, taking my different thoughts or concepts and, and backing them up um, really, really well done. He's really skillful. And I think that people are just going to enjoy it from the perspective of reading um, something that Tom Verducci wrote. Cause he's that good beyond that. There is a, there's a chapter about the Cubbies and there's a chapter about the angels at the end. They asked me to add on at the very conclusion. So it's, it's not any kind of uh, <clears throat> burning uh, scorched earth kind of thing. It's just an explanation. Uh, I think it also, it applies not only to sports, folks, whether baseball or other sports, but also I think the business community might find it interesting too. So it's kind of all encompassing, which is what I wanted. If I was ever going to do a book, I wanted it to be uh, more than just that Joey grew up on 11th street. (laughs) Joe Madden, our guest on inside the clubhouse, always engaging, always fun. And Joe, uh, you were on uh, ESPN's uh, Sunday night game last week and you, you didn't pull any punches directly about how metrics people have impacted uh, the, 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 and infiltrated the manager's clubhouse and how it's impacted the game and taken uh, the power and the uh, authority away from managers and coaches. I wonder if you could just uh, elaborate a little bit on, on your thoughts about where the game has to go to get back to uh, managers and coaches actually having an impact on the modern player. That's a good recap, Bruce, but you always do that. Um, yeah, what I'd like to say, listen, I'm, I'm all about information. I don't, whatever you want to call information, if you want to call it analytics, metrics, information, scouting reports, whatever you want to call it, I'm all about it. <clears throat> I've done that for years. I've actually was doing it before it became popular. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, <clears throat> in the 80s, <clears throat> excuse me, in the 80s, give me the 90s, um, I used to extrapolate information from just say um, statistical sheets or the notes that I kept myself. And eventually I went with the uh, Rays and I got to that point and Andrew wanted to know what I wanted. What do I like? And so we got together and we started um, uh, putting together like a scouting report based on that. And then all of a sudden more people entered baseball ops. Um, and so the information is gotten for you. So you don't have to spend all this time researching and then you could apply your time in other areas. Great, great concept. I love it. The point I like to see is that moving it forward is that, yeah, I want all of this stuff. I'm not saying get rid of this stuff by any means. What I'm saying is put more power in the hands of the coaches and the managers. 
it's right at the point where analytics is running baseball as opposed to analytics supporting the game. And with that, uh, I'd like to see whomever's in baseball officer in charge of analytics, they answer directly to coaches and managers it's, and not the other way around. Trust me, it is the other way around. And I know some guys will have to um, explain it in another way because I'm not working right now. So I, I can be, be a little bit more brutally honest, but it's true. I mean, all the guys I spoke to, I've gotten a million texts and emails and phone calls from managers present and past and GMs present and past, uh, not present, but past that agree uh, a lot primarily all of what I've been talking about. So keep it, yes, but put the power back in the hands of the coaches and the manager and permit this stuff to be a supplement and not uh, uh, running the game. Uh, just to follow up on that, uh, Joe, is this become a way that presidents and general managers of teams uh, help, um, help them with their relationships with um, the owners to uh, keep the power down in the in the in the uh, locker room and the manager and the coaches. In other words, is I don't know a, a connection of yeah. I, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, I I really don't know that that's it as much. I just think that the owners like the approach. Um, you know, the something that they can relate to from their businesses and something that's going on within their businesses that's more relatable than talking about pitching mechanics or hitting mechanics or the proper way to set up a cutoff and relay or bunt defenses. It's just a, it's a conversation that I think that's relatable to the ownership as well as the front office guys. Um, so I think that's where that comes from. I don't think it's any more um, deep than that, uh, but from the front office perspective, it's just a, the ability to be more controlling and, and be just be more controlling and have more say so in the event. Um, what you don't understand is that when you get too much stuff and too many people talking to you before the game, then the game becomes cloudy. Uh, thoughts become uh, confusing. And it's, it's quite frankly, you're, you're, you hear a thought or somebody talking to you right before the game, and here comes a critical moment in the game, and you have to make a decision. And sometimes, and a lot of times for me, it might be based on, um, I got to go with what I believe and I feel and I think. Um, I want to use this other stuff, like again, to augment it, but, the voices make it more difficult, make it uh, confusing. And that's what, if you've never done it before, that's what people don't understand. I prefer uh, no conversations, especially hour, hour and a half before the game. I prefer my work being given to me in the morning that I can sit and digest over a nice cup of coffee, PDF files, video files. My goodness, you don't, you don't need anything else. And then you just need to talk to your players. Uh, less presenters, more coaches and teachers. Joe Madden is here with us on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 Score. All guests join us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Joe, sticking on the, the state of baseball, there are rule changes implemented for 2023, including the banning of the shift for, uh, for defenses across Major League Baseball. What was your reaction to that? Well, and again, I'm not, I, I was like one of the first to do that in the 90s uh, versus Ken Griffey Jr. at Anaheim Stadium. And then as I moved it forward. We even did the four-man outfield several times with the Rays. I had total support from Andrew and the group. Um, I, I believe in organic shifts um, because I don't know that you're going to get the result that you're desiring by banning the shift. I keep hearing about the proliferation of the singles hitter and the contact guy because you've taken the shift away. The shift was never designed to stop these people in the first place. It's always been open to singles hitters, contact hitters, etc. If you want to, if, if the ownership of the front office wants to employ those guys, they've been there. They've been there for the last 10, 15 years. They've been there. 
But if you want to employ power, you're okay with the strikeout, look for the walk, try to hit the ball over the defense. You're going to continue to um, obtain uh, left-handed pull hitters with power. And now it's even more so because there's only one guy, first baseman plus one on that side to defend. So I, I, I really, uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not into this as much. I love the clock. I think the pace clock is outstanding. But when it comes down to banning the ship to get a different result, I think you're going to get more of the, more of the same, or actually, like, more of it, yeah, because you're going to see more left-handed pull hitters in the lineup, I believe. Joe, you, you mentioned the, the, uh, the pitch clock. That's also being enforced uh, starting next season. My biggest question with it is, are they actually going to enforce that pitch clock in, say, the, the bottom of the ninth, tied game, or in the World Series at any point? Or is this just going to be something that they enforce for a little bit to start next season and then it just kind of fades uh, back into uh, what it is or being consistent? Well, what do you expect out of that? I expect it to be all the way through. There's no reason to not. I mean, once you've done it during spring training in a regular season, the players are going to be used to it. It's not like they're going to all of a sudden want more time. Uh, um, more time maybe for commercial uh, more time to, uh, from some people's perspective, to um, pour out more information, which, again, is not necessary for me. When you get to the playoffs, I want less, not more. So uh, I think it's going to become habit. I think the players are going to like it. I think the fans are going to like it. Um, that's the one rule change I've been looking for out of all of them. I mean, the, the three-batter minimum, uh, runner on second base, every, every other rule implementation, I, I've, I've really been that excited about. But this is the one I've been excited about. Um, when you have the pitcher getting the ball, throwing the ball, hitter getting in the box, play um, resuming, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about pace of play. I've never been concerned about the length of the game. I don't think most people are. If the game's happening quickly with action, you're not going to be concerned. Look, oh, it was three hours and five minutes. So it's all about the pace, and I like that one a lot. Joe, I've been getting texts uh, and uh, and uh, a couple calls through uh, since – People knew you were coming on, and they wanted me to ask you about uh, whether you would be interested in the White Sox job. I let them know that that would be disrespectful to the manager sitting there, to the interim manager that's running the team. But uh, I, I will ask you uh, what, what your thoughts are about managing in the future and if, uh, if the game is still something that you want to do. Is that a job that Joe Madden still wants to do in the future? Well, your answer about the White Sox situation is 100% correct, which you normally are. Uh, yeah, I would like to do it in the future, but again, uh, even to this point, we could talk for hours about this. It would have to be with the right group, and I, I believe uh, a lot of these conversations I'm having <clears throat> in conjunction with the book is going to determine whether I get an opportunity or not, but that's good because I don't want to go anywhere under false pretenses. I want to go somewhere <clears throat> where uh, ownership in front office really wants to try to balance this whole thing out and not have so much um, heavily slanted based on um, information. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that's, that to me is not attractive at all. I don't want to go back into the same marriage that I've had in the past. I would want something well, in the past, like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but not in the more recent past. So I'm absolutely interested. It'd be fun to really work with somebody dedicated to the regular game of baseball being supplemented by information. Whereas you could then hire like a mega coaching staff, both in the majors and the minor leagues. And you get real scouts back on the road to supplement all this other stuff, which I would want. Absolutely. hundred percent. But the human being needs to be employed. We're really subtracting the human element from almost everything 
<clears throat> in our life, even like going to the checkout stand, it's all computerized now. I want real coaches. I want baseball ops to be less. I want analytical people answering the coaches and managers. And I want real baseball teachers in the dugout in my clubhouse running my minor league system, someone to pass the game along to the next generation because there's very few people doing that right now, if, if at all. Joe, in Anaheim, you had the opportunity to manage Shohei Otani. And a, a word that a lot of people use to describe him in terms of his uniqueness is unicorn and just how how just unbelievable he is at both pitching and hitting. What, how can you put into words what you saw from, from Shohei, both at the plate and on the mound, to result in this once-in-a-generation if even that player that, uh, you know, a lot of baseball fans tune into every night just to see him either hit home runs or throw 10 strikeouts. Yeah, the best player in Little League, the best player in high school, the best player in your college team. But all of a sudden he's doing against the best players in the world. There's a difference there. To be able to do what he does offensively with, and with his legs, not just with the bat, with his legs. And then, and then every fifth day or sixth day, sixth day go out to the mound Right now he's throwing the ball as well as he's ever thrown the ball. Um, you know, unless you've really done that, um, it's, it's, it's staggering. It's, it's mind-blowing in a sense. You just, like you said, it's not generational. I think this is whatever you consider the last century, the next century. There might be another one coming, a centurion coming along down the lo- road, but uh, it's that different. It's, it is unicorn. It's that unique to do it at the level that he does, with the energy that he does, with the ability to stay healthy as he does. All the things that people just take for granted because he's going to hit tonight or he's going to pitch tonight, please do not. Uh, it's just a different caliber of an athlete. And on top of that, everybody talks about, we're talking about analytics, et cetera. And he does, he does videotape a lot of what he does, him and uh, Ipe, uh, his translator, who I also love. Uh, they, they video, but Shohei doesn't need a whole lot of intel and information. This, is, this guy competes and he feels and he sees. And I, I'd like to see that be the... Um, the method that a lot more uh, baseball athletes employ. One follow-up to that. There's a big debate in baseball circles as the regular season is coming to a close of AL MVP Aaron Judge having this monster season in New York, hitting 20 more home runs than the rest of the field uh, for the Yankees. They're going to win the division. And then you have Otani, who's going to lead the Angels in innings pitched and at-bats this season again even more than just once in a, a generation type of player. Who in your mind, Joe, should be AL MVP? Well, can't you do? Why can't there be co MVPs? I, I was thinking about that the it other day because it's. How do you, it has there been? Yeah, nineteen seventy nine, Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell uh, both had same amount of votes, and they were co MVPs. Well, Bruce, you see, I, I could always rely on Bruce. Thank you for that. I thought there, there's no way to differentiate here. I mean, this guy. Hopefully, Judge will break that sixty one and get to that sixty second home run. I I like this man. I got a, had a great conversation with him in. Um, in New York uh, when we were there earlier in the year with the Angels, and they went out to see Anthony and Judge was there. This guy's impressive. This guy's a real baseball player. He's an impressive young man. Um, I can see the, the just dripping with leadership qualities. Love to see it. I mean, I'd love to see him get rewarded. And by the same token, my guy, Shohei, um, again, you can't underestimate what he's done. He's followed up last season with this season. And I guess, is he second in the home run race or is Mikey in second, right? I'm not even sure. But regardless, I, I don't, this is a time that I would – it would have to be circ, uh, um, circumstantial. I'd love to see them both. 
uh, be awarded this. And I'm not trying to get off this thing easily because it's really hard to say one's been greater than the other. Um, with with uh, Judge, the Yankees would not be in a position that they're in without him. I, I could say that, I think, easily, whereas the Angels are not in any kind of a pennant race right now. Uh, but when Trout's gone, whatever, who knows what the record would have been out there without Shohei. So it's it's pretty darn even. I'd love to see them both be rewarded. Joe, in closing, uh, the book of Joe, Trying Not to Suck at Baseball and Life, co-written with uh, Tom Verducci, get it on Amazon. I'm sure you delve into this, but my final question to you is dealing with the modern player and getting them to play the right amount of games, not 162 necessarily, but the right amount of games to get optimum amount of their ability out of them to help them be team players. Do you feel that uh, mental skills departments are uh, essential to getting the most out of these players and also would it be best that every baseball player during a baseball season had two, four, or five-day periods off during the year that they can take? Okay, let me see. I, I, first of all, I'm so into the mental skills. I, I think that I, my, my boy, Kenny Revisa, who passed away a couple of years, right. years ago, Kenny was the best. Harvey Dorfman was outstanding. Um, yes, the, the sport needs them, but there's not a lot of those out there, quite frankly. It's hard to find that kind of uh, presence, um, people with that kind of uh, information and intelligence that are able to challenge a Major League Baseball player and feel good about it. Um, so it's, yes, I'd like to see more, but I don't know who those guys are right now. Uh, what was the second part of that? Um, the, the last the second question was part, a good Joe, one. is do you think, like every other job mm-hmm. in the world, that baseball people and players, coaches, managers – should have time off during this oh, season. Yeah. Weekends. Well, you got the uh, all-star break, through, of course. I'm yeah, sorry. but I mean, should they should they be able to say, hey, um, I'd like to take my weekend off during the baseball season here and have it organized? In, in other words, would you get more yeah. optimum, would you get more out of the millennial player right now if they knew they had designated times off during the season where they didn't have to show up? Um, that's a great question again, Bruce. I haven't thought about it because for me, um, you could build those into your regular schedule in advance the way it is right now. For example, I'm big on when, it, when we have a planned day off, I, I would like to, a lot of times would give whomever this player is the, the, the everyday player. He gets the day off before the day off or the day off after the day off, which sometimes if there's a day game involved, almost feels like three days. And if you were to do that, to not use them off the bench at all, just tell them you're down. Okay, you're, you're off today. Um, you're off, it's, we're playing the game, but you're not going to come in. You're off tomorrow, so the next day you're going to play is going to be on Friday, as an example. Um, and you, you could take it to the, to the next extreme, day before the off day, off day, day after the off day, if it's, you feel it's necessary. I, I know there's all kinds of studies being done about when a, when a person needs rest and they're trying to extrapolate information regarding how many times you ran hard and Listen, it's a conversation and it's observation. You could, you could watch a player, um, and I have a pretty good idea this guy needs a break. And sometimes you just alluded to it, it's a mental break more than it's a physical break. So this is a conversation that needs to occur constantly with your everyday players. And if you have the fortune, good fortune of having them stay healthy all year, you could figure that out. So, uh, again, with good health, we could throw that in there because how many guys are actually healthy enough 
that they're going to play all year without having to get a forced couple of days off based off of injury. Um, so there's so many ways to look at this, but I think um, through conversation, you can handle that by being proactive in advance of days off. It's called the book of Joe trying not to suck at baseball and life co-written with Tom Verducci by Joe Madden. Pick it up on Amazon. It's a great read. I've had a, the good fortune of reading it. It's fantastic. So please pick it up and buy it. Joe, thanks for joining Ryan and myself today. It's always a pleasure. It's just great. I'm hoping next year that you are managing somewhere where you feel you can have an impact. Thank you, brother. Uh, it's always great uh, speaking to you and being in your company. Ryan, thank you for the great questions. All my fans and friends back in Chicago, we miss you guys. Um, so the, probably the best five ever in baseball for me, five years. But um, we'll see what happens down the road. In the meantime, have a great holiday season, and we'll see what occurs. Mitch Rosen says Thanks, hello, Joe. by the way. Hi, Mitch. <laughs> All right, just for Joe, you, Mitch. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Be well. Have a great day. All right, that was Joe Madden, former manager of the Chicago Cubs and the Rays and the Angels, currently a uh, a free agent manager out there in Major League Baseball. And, Bruce, it sounds like if the right situation comes along, he would like to get back in the game uh, next season. Right. I mean, look, I, I, I got a ton of texts here uh, during the during this segment and people knowing, saying, please ask him if he's, he'll manage the White Sox. Does he want to manage the White Sox? You can't do that. You, you can't do that with a manager sitting there. But I will tell you that it, if a job like the White Sox opens up, and I know that uh, uh, Joe has great respect for uh, everybody in Chicago and got to know uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and the other side of town while he was managing the Cubs, I'm, I'm sure he would be open to it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tony decides to do something else. The White Sox decide to open up that job. But that, that's a conversation for, for later on. It's, it's certainly not one that uh, Joe would get into today. Of course, of course. Uh, speaking of the White Sox and speaking of Tony La Russa, the, the next chapter of the soap opera that has been Tony La Russa and the White Sox, uh, it was written this week both by Bob Nightingale and uh, Ken Rosenthal 
will react to those stories. Has Miguel Cairo in the interim done enough to consider full-time uh, managing starting next season if Tony La Russa were not the manager of the Sox? We'll get into all of that on the other side. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Ryan Porth. And for David Haw this morning on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And that'll do it. Angle makes a catch. Kreidler scores, and the Tigers take the opener. That was the final call of last night's Chicago White Sox loss in extras to the Detroit Tigers. Score of 3-2. to two. The White Sox offense was dormant all game long until the eighth inning where Jose Abreu had a two-run double, and then they didn't get a hit in the eight at-bats after that two-run double by Abreu and end up losing 3-2 in ten innings. And they are now four games back in the American League Central race. They have a game tonight in Detroit with Johnny Cueto on the mound. The Guardians, who came back to beat Minnesota last night in Cleveland, uh, they have a doubleheader at home against the Twins today. So uh, a lot more baseball to be played here in the next few days before the Guardians make it here to Chicago for a huge three-game series starting Tuesday night at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, Bruce... We've mentioned Tony LaRusse's name a few times here this morning already on Inside the Clubhouse, um, but let's get a little deeper on the stories that came out this week, both from Bob Nightingale and Ken Rosenthal. Bob Nightingale of USA Today having players on the record talking about the differences that they have felt in the clubhouse and on the field uh, in the last few weeks since Miguel Cairo took over uh, in LaRusse's uh, absence, and then... Ken Rosenthal with an open letter at the Athletic to Tony LaRusa, but it was very obvious that he had spoken to someone in the White Sox front office uh, that was giving him some info on some of the frustrations of the coaching staff and of the organization with LaRusa this season. What were your takeaways from those two stories that came out from two well-respected writers in Nightingale and Rosenthal this week on the state of LaRusa and the Sox? Well, number one, that Tony Larusa won't want to come back as the manager of the White Sox. Okay, uh, I don't think you've heard that from anyone else, and I, and that's my perspective. Is that uh, without uh, the full support of the, the front office, and uh, uh, if players are questioning him, uh, I don't think he'd want to come back. But uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think that um, uh, it's it's a um, it, it's an, it's an interesting situation because uh in a sense he's being forced out okay he's being forced out by the fact that he got sick had to attend to that and that the white Sox uh, started to play better baseball under miguel cairo at that time uh what's what's missing from that element is that lance lynn started to pitch like lance lynn eli jimenez started to hit like eli jimenez and the team started to hit home runs Something that uh, Tony Larusa had, or nor uh, Miguel Cairo, have any impact on whatsoever. The fact that uh, these people are playing up to their level. This isn't uh, varsity uh, baseball. This isn't go out there and win one for the coach. Uh, this is all about 
professionals who had just come off of uh, winning a division last year not playing up to their ability because of injury and because of uh, not uh, being able to attain the same levels that they did the prior year. So uh, again, does it fall on the manager? Does the manager have to have culpability? Do they have to take the blame? Yes, that's the way sports goes. That's the way it's going here. That's why uh, people are pushing back for uh, that Tony shouldn't come back. Uh, I, I just I don't think he will be back. Uh, but I, I think it'll be uh, a statement from him and from uh, Jerry Reinsdorf at some point about uh, where he's at as far as what he wants to do, what Jerry wants to do. This is still Jerry Reinsdorf's team, regardless of what sources come out with information for Ken Rosenthal or myself or for Bob Nightingale. It's going to be run, and the uh, the final answer is going to be um, Jerry Reinsdorf sitting down with Tony Larusa, Jerry Reinsdorf sitting down with Kenny Williams, Jerry Reinsdorf sitting down with um, with uh, Rick Hahn, and deciding what's best for the Chicago White Sox moving forward. Uh, the impact of you and I and and fans saying. Uh, Tony should stay or go uh, has little effect on this. Well, it has little effect, but I don't think Tony La Russa has any business being the manager of this team uh, moving forward. That's, you, you know, all summer long, there's been this blame pie that a lot of us here on the score or media in town have been trying to delve out in terms of who's most to blame for the White Sox struggles and underachieving all season long, whether it's Tony La Russa, whether it's Rick Hahn, whether it's the players. And I was probably about 70, 80% of the way there with Tony La Russa all summer long. And I feel even stronger about it after these two stories came out with players on the record and Ken, Ken Rosenthal being very well plugged in uh, with, with Major League Baseball, basically calling out what's been wrong with the Sox all season long this week and seeing the different vibe of this Sox team in the last few weeks with Miguel Cairo managing. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that here in the last few weeks suddenly they're they're starting to hit for power and they've been one of the best power teams offensively ever since Tony LaRusso took his absence. And I'll also bring up the body language. The body language of this team is just feels night and day compared to what it was with Tony as manager. And I'll bring up the two Oakland series as the example for this. There was a Saturday night home game against the A's back in, I think, July. They went on a walk-off wild pitch where they played poorly most of that game. The wild pitch happens, winning run comes in, and the players just kind of walk out of the dugout. There really wasn't this celebration from the team. You know, Tim Anderson is in the on-deck circle, and he just kind of walks towards home plate. It was this nonchalant, not even a celebration from the team after winning that game on a walk-off in the, in the bottom of the ninth. And then you look at that team and their body language in Oakland last weekend where they made that big comeback Friday night. They won three of four. When they were making that comeback on Friday night, there was this energy that you could feel through the broadcast from that dugout of mm-hmm. the, the desperation they were feeling of needing to win that game. But it was night and day compared to what we've seen where, from this uh, so- Ryan- Sox team all season long. Ryan, where was that uh, yesterday? Uh, where was that on uh, Wednesday? Uh, are, are you missing? Are you missing those games? Are, are is it just about the games they win that we're concentrating on, or on the 
total package of what the White Sox are in 2022. Look, I, you you bring up a valid point. Wednesday, um, they they should have done a lot better against Kyle Freeland. Last night, they should have done a lot better against Matt Manning. Uh, these are not two Cy Young candidates that they looked, you know, dormant offensively against. But I don't think there's any denying that overall, since Larusa had his absence, when you look at the larger sample size of the summer and the smaller sample size of this this month, better, but it's different. A lot of it has to a lot of it has to do with a healthy Lance Lynn. Have you noticed what he's done over his last four or five starts, going back even to when uh, Larusa was running the team? Have you noticed what Eli Jimenez is doing as a healthy player now carrying the offense? Uh, this is this has very little to do with uh, with Tony La Russa. I don't disagree that they've shown more energy lately, but the energy and the fun in baseball is predicated by who's out there on the field with you, what you're doing on the field, what you're capable of doing. With all due respect to the roster uh, that that. Tony La Russa had out there most of the year, there were four or five guys that were not supposed to be starting games, starting games for the White Sox all year because of injury. Let's be honest about it, okay? So you didn't have Eloy Jimenez. You didn't have Robert. You didn't have Lynn playing up to the abilities that they have and the potential they have. It's been a different team. There has been a different energy level, but a lot of it's been predicated on health of important players contributing to the team. I'm not saying that Tony La Russa had the greatest year in the in, in his history as a manager here. I'm just saying there's been a perception all year long that every win that the White Sox have had was because of the White Sox players doing a great job and every loss that the White Sox have had all year being the fault of Tony La Russa. That can't possibly be true. Miguel Cairo is in an interesting spot here, and we'll see if uh, if he gets a shot to uh, to manage the the White Sox past this season. If Tony Russa has managed uh, his last game with the Chicago White Sox, coming up next, we go around the league. Two home run chases for history that have been enthralling for a lot of baseball fans. We'll get into the fact that Albert Pujols is chasing seven hundred and that Aaron Judge is chasing a Yankees record. That's all coming up next. I'm Ryan Porthen for David Haw alongside Bruce Levine. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Ryan Porth in for David Haw this morning alongside the great Bruce Levine. Bruce, let's go around the league a little bit here in the final few minutes of the show. There are a couple of home run chases going on right now in pursuit of history that have captivated a lot of baseball fans around the country. First of all, Albert Pujols going for 700. Last night, he hit number 698 at home in St. Louis. Uh, you also have Aaron Judge going for the Yankees' single-season home run record. He's also going for the AL MVP. It's his contract year, so there's a lot of mixed emotions from Yankees fans who are watching Aaron Judge right now as he's currently sitting on 57 uh, home runs, which is 19 more home runs than anybody else in Major League Baseball. For you, Bruce, which home run chase are you paying attention to more, Judge in New York or Pujols in St. Louis? 
I, I think they're both fascinating. And uh, Pujols and Judge, <coughs> excuse me, Ryan, have one thing in common. That is, both of their teams are in first place. Both of them will be impactful. Everything they're doing all year is impactful to their teams winning and going on to the playoffs, which is huge for me. Uh, you can't ignore the Pujols thing. It's just been phenomenal what he's done in the second half here. And give uh, Ali Marmol, the manager of the Cardinals, a lot of a lot of credit for handling him perfectly, uh, uh, getting him in there in the right situations in the second half. But to me, the thing that is so historic about what Judge is doing is that, consider this, Ryan. Babe Ruth had to face just 67 different pitchers in, two, in 1927 when he hit 60 home runs. Roger Maris had to face just 101 different pitchers in his pursuit of 61 in 1961. Aaron Judge has faced 234 different pitchers and hit 57 home runs in an era where everybody throws 98 up and out and has great breaking stuff down and away and down. Okay, to me, this is one of the most uh, tremendous seasons and accomplishments uh, in baseball history, regardless of the era, for all that I've just said. Uh, I, I think, as you mentioned, Ryan, coming in, outdistancing everyone else by 19 home runs in an era where they're using the humidor this year, Home runs are down all across baseball. There might not be another 40 home run hitter in baseball this year. He's going to break Maris's American League record of 61. Just absolutely, to me, phenomenal. So taking nothing away from uh, uh, what's going on with uh, Pujols, uh, to me, Judge is the story of 2022. I I will... Uh, disagree on which one is more fascinating because this is it for Pujols, right? I mean, it's not like he's planning on coming back next season and going for 700. Time is ticking on his career, and he is now two home runs away from 700. Every time he comes up to the plate in St. Louis, all the Cardinals fans are standing, and he's under a ton of pressure just to hit a home run, and he has been doing it with great regularity since the start of August, and as a Cardinals fan out there, you have to be thinking, like, this is like finding a $100 bill in your pocket because they didn't think Pujols was ever going to play for the Cardinals again, and here he is on the doorstep of 700 in a Cardinals uniform. Um, and the fact that we may not see another 700 home run hitter for a long, long time, even five, 600, I, I mean, it's... I don't think we'll ever see it. We'll never see it. Not and you might be right. Guys don't play enough games, Ryan. They, 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 don't. they don't. They don't post enough to be able to do that for uh, 20 years. You have, to, you have to hit how many home runs over 20 years? You have to hit an average of what? 35 a year times 20 years to hit 700. Just think about that, okay? And think about the modern player and uh, how they don't post as much. Someone might be able to do it, but it's very doubtful. And, and your points are well taken. It's phenomenal what he's doing. Not only doing it, but doing it in big clutch situations, winning ball games, doing it. So I, I don't take anything away from him. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just in awe of both of them. I think it's made for a great baseball season in 2022. Absolutely. Pujols, two away from 700. Only two others active in Major League Baseball right now. 
have more than Ryan, 400 home you. runs. So I want to thank you for joining. It's been a great pleasure doing the show with you. We will welcome David Haw back next week. People can follow me on Twitter, MLB Bruce Levine, on our website at 670score.com. And we have people to thank. Absolutely. Thanks to PJ Higgins. Thanks to Joe Madden for joining the show uh, here. If you missed those interviews, you can catch them on the Inside the Clubhouse podcast feed here in just a little bit. Thanks to everyone who was texting in on the Tech Zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And thanks to you, Bruce Levine, for putting up with me for the last two hours of uh, this baseball talk. So looking forward to doing it sometime down the road. For Bruce Levine, for Sean Sears behind the glass, I'm Ryan Porth. Coming up next, it is Saturday Suckage with Steve Rosenblum right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.